Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly, week two of the 2020 season. This is Nick, here with Kevin. What's up, Diner Nation? Coach Woody's with us. Hey, everybody. Producer Brad, making it all happen. How's it going? All right, guys, we're back for a second week. This is, we are coming to you from a snowy Hay Stadium. We're here in Coach's office looking out the window. The lights are all on, and it is pouring down snow out there. But do not worry. We understand it's supposed to warm up tomorrow, and all this is going to get out of here. And by 3 o'clock tomorrow, we're going to be playing baseball, right? That's the plan. I think it's going to warm up. We'll get out there. All right. Good deal. All right, we got a lot of stuff to get through tonight. Um, We'll start in the in the obvious place. We we got the Woodard era underway <laughs> last weekend uh, with a home series VCU. Didn't necessarily turn out the way we wanted. Big win on Saturday, but uh, come up short on Friday and Sunday. But you know what? You don't ever have to have a first series again. Yeah, we got it. We got it out of the way, and um, like you said, it just it, it from a win loss standpoint, it really you know it, it could have gone better, I guess. But, you know, it's it's the first series, and, and it was just great seeing our guys get out there and compete at another level against another uniform. Learned a lot about our team and learned a lot to take into this week with, you know, preparation for UNBC that's rolling in. Are you glad to have it over in some, some respects that it's like, okay, we, we, we did it. You know, we, we got out on the road. Now now you're doing your thing. You're making week-to-week adjustments, and, and the, the, opening, the opening weekend jitters are kind of – Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Um, from the standpoint that I just I want the spotlight to be on our players and I don't like I mean any spotlight on me whether it's a first loss or a first win or whatever it may be like I'm 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 good on all that I would rather just you know the spotlight be on the players and our team and that sort of thing so I'm, I'm glad that that stuff's kind of out of the way yeah well, what had, let me ask you this: Did you get Saturday's win, which we'll talk about in a minute? Did yeah. you get did you get a game ball out of that? Did you get? I did. Yeah, I, I got a game ball. Um, Coach Stott got a game ball. That was his. You know, the, this is his his first year in coaching. He's been scouting the last two years with the Indians. So Coach Stott got a game ball. Um, you know, it was a few. It was a few first. I mean, it was Coach Bicknell's first win on the Niner staff. Um, Brianna Richards, our athletic trainer, was her first win. So I mean, there, it's. It's not just myself. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of people involved with our program that it's kind of this was this past weekend was kind of a weekend of firsts. Yeah. Yeah, and no, exciting exciting finish on Saturday. You want to go through the games, Nick? Or? Yeah, let's uh, well, you know, Friday. We, 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 what do you want to say about Friday, coach? Well, you know, <laughs> say anything you want to about Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this. I mean, you know, my first game's about you know, as forgettable as you can have and my second one was about as unforgettable as you could have. So Man, I, I you know for someone that likes to live in the middle and, and and prefers balance, those the difference between Friday and Saturday could have been more extreme. But yeah. you know that's that's another great thing about the the game and what we do. You got a taste of it all yep. in the first weekend. So Friday, how about this? This is you know get your perspective on this. So Friday kind of marked the return of of uh huh guy. Okay, did you know about uh huh guy? Did you oh, hear uh huh yeah. guy? Oh guy, yeah. I okay, mean, he's, he's been pro- he's been doing that thing since. I, you know, before I was even in college playing baseball, and that was the that was spring of two thousand and four, and uh-huh. yeah, I'll just I, I won't I'll 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 leave it at that. Yeah. So you you heard him from the mound is what you're saying. Um, I, you know, when I'm coaching or when I'm pitching as a, when I was a player, I don't hear a whole lot. I, you hear it more like in the in between the pregame and between innings when you're not playing or you're not coaching, but. 
So. Well, you'll you'll have to meet you'll have to meet Paul Buchanan. Yeah, he, he's he's different than a hot guy. <laughs> there's there's he's, he's split personality. You know, he said he he, he had he had um, listened to last he listened to last week's show. Nice. And then he 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 sent Kevin a message uh, and said, Kevin, how did you get on that? How did you get on that Niner podcast? <laughs> and when I walked into the game, he was already here, which we didn't see him. His his there's been some health issues in his family, so we hadn't seen a lot of him. And then so when I walked in, there he is, and he says, Nick, Nick. Um, Man, I heard this podcast and Kevin's all over it. Man, how did he get on? And he, and he starts telling me things that Kevin has said. Yeah, and and I, I finally said, Paul, you know I'm on there with him, right? He says, That's you. <laughs> yeah, he he listened to the whole show. So Paul, if you're listening this week, it's me. It's Nick. I'm here. It's it's I'm here with Kevin. So you know it was you know it was good to have him have him back out. I'm I'm glad that some of the the other issues that had kind of kept him away had, had absolutely know, yeah are looking up. I'm sorry to hear that. But um, but yeah, so Saturday Saturday goes well. Um, we go we we kick things off with a big tailgate. I don't know if you saw any pictures. Of that, I did. I saw the pictures. They look great. So there was there was some good some some good tailgate action going on out there in the parking lot and um, the food was awesome. It was the weather was perfect. Yep. I mean I didn't even need a jacket. Yep. During during the you know well, during that. Now I did later. <laughs> yeah. Extra innings. <laughs> well you know about the about the eleventh inning I needed a jacket. Yeah. Um, but then you know we we sort of had with that Saturday game. I mean it's yeah it's your first win but it's it was just an iconic you know Hay Stadium moment the, yeah. the way the whole thing went down. So kind of kind of walk us through how that you know how that whole process on on you know unfolded. Sure. Yeah. I mean it was that was. I mean, you talk you talk about a team win. I mean, that took there was nineteen guys I want to say that were, you know, from our team in the box score, but it took all thirty two and every support staff member affiliated with our program to win that game. I mean, it really did. It, it felt like it um, from start to finish. I mean, because that's I mean that's a really good VCU team. At no point are you ahead. Do you think that it's you know, even remotely over. So, I mean, we knew we knew that it was it was going to come down to the last pitch or the last out, just kind of the way the game was unfolding. Um, but I just, I thought I thought Chance just did a tremendous job of getting us deep into the game after Friday, and Ryan Chanskowski. Yeah, and and I mean, I, we we were actually up here talking earlier, and I told him you know, I've been coaching. Division one baseball for nine or ten years now, and I don't know if I've ever seen a pitcher throw, I believe, ten straight balls in an inning and not give up a run. And that takes talent. It really, like, it actually does. Like, <laughs> like, and I, I mean, again, I'll be honest. Like from the dugout, I never, I was, I was never like squirming or like I, I, I always felt like he was going to get out of it. I really did. Um, I just believe we all our coaches have we just believe in him that much so um, that he's gonna figure it out and he's gonna find a way and dig deep and he and he did and got us deep enough into the game to give us to put us in a position to have that chance to win um, you know and then obviously um, you know we had a chance there in the ninth and didn't ball didn't bounce our way and and we go to extra innings and then dang if we don't um, you know I'm I forget kind of the sequence, the exact sequence of events, but you know the thing that really stands out to me was I think we had a runner on first, and then Carter Foster comes up, and Carter Foster, mm. I mean, gosh, at that time of the game, it was probably I don't know what time would you say it was, probably like seven o'clock. 
it was it was cold thirty. So I mean, <laughs> he'd been at the he'd been at the ballpark for like eight hours. Yeah, and now he's up hitting with the game on the line, and he hadn't been in the game up until that point. And you know, barrels one for a single to get it to first and second, and then um, you know keep the line moving to get to get to Carson's at bat, and then Carson you know thankfully just hits a no doubter ball down the right you know into the right field corner so you don't have to sweat out a throw or a diving play or anything like that but for me what stood out the most you know outside of i think mccabe had a three two walk that inning too to to keep the line moving was carter foster i mean you know foster foster coming off the bench in that moment i mean if he if he rolls over one and hits into a double play because he's cold and hadn't been staying ready and staying in the game the whole game, I mean, we go to the twelfth. So, I mean, that to me was the, was when I when I say it took all thirty two of our guys, it took all thirty two of our guys to win that game. Well, you know, and and this won't become this won't be a shock to anybody listening, but you know, I, I don't have that that player's mentality because I'm not a D1 athlete, never have been a D1 athlete. But You, you know, seem pretty competitive. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, nah, I just like cheering. Uh, <laughs> when, when Carson goes to the plate, their, their pitcher was, was struggling with, you know, he was struggling to throw strikes at that mm-hmm. point. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, what's going to happen here? Is, is Carson going to draw a walk? If I'm Carson, being me, I'm thinking this guy's gonna walk me. Mm-hmm. This guy's gonna walk me. That's not Carson at all, though. He mm-hmm. says, "Screw that! I'm 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 winning the game. I'm swinging the bat." Yeah, he was ready for the moment, and that's I I love the psychology of that mm-hmm. because he's not he's he's not scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah. Carson's definitely a foot on the gas guy for sure. Yeah, and I mean it's and the way it worked out is just so. It was so great. I, I wish I had. Um, we did have somebody, a fan, sent us video that they had because the game wasn't being televised. But we we got some video from the stands. I wasn't taking it. I, I was. I, well, you know that's the thing. I was too. <laughs> I was too busy jumping up and down. <laughs> if I had taken video, it would have just been really bad. So anyway, all right. So cool, cool deal. Um, so you play a little later than you were thinking, mm-hmm. and then you got to come back on Sunday, and and the you know it's the rubber match mm-hmm. series online. Yeah, I mean, so Sunday, I'll say this: we, we've we've started a new a new tradition here where um, we're, we're actually doing Saturday and Sunday before our noon games, which typically are Sunday home games. Um, we host a team breakfast, and that's so we start our Sunday starts with an eight fifteen breakfast here in the Eric Walker Suite, which you know Diamond Niner fans know you know very well who Eric Walker is, and so you know we have a team breakfast in the Eric Walker Suite. Um, you tweeted to, out some start, great photos of that. Yeah, to start the day on Sunday, and I mean that—that for me, that's going to be a staple in our program. Just to just to break up the monotony of of baseball, 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 and have some time for some fellowship with coaches and players and support staff and managers and you know administration. I mean, everybody's invited. There, you know, if you're affiliated with our program, you know, if we've got to if we've got to get a little bigger spread for breakfast, then let's do it. I mean, by my account. So, you know, we, we can. I'll probably have a meeting with, you know, Darren Spees about budgetary <laughs> things later. But, you know, it's just it, that 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 to me is something that our entire coaching staff want, wants to do here. Is we want to have at least every once every home weekend, um, which right now is on Sundays. But with two noon starts this weekend, it will be Saturday and Sunday to where, 
if you're affiliated with our program, players, you know, sports staff, administration, et cetera, then we ha- we host a, bre- a breakfast in the Eric Walker Suite, which we all know is an important place, um, you know, here in our stadium and in our program. And then we break from there and get ready to play. And, you know, it just um, – I thought Andrew Roach was outstanding on the mound for us. I mean, he – here's a kid who really – and he would say this, he he really didn't have a very good fall, um, or at least the fall that he would have liked to have had on the mound. And But the kid is one of our hardest workers. He's one of our best competitors. Um, when P3 comes in, he's the most inquisitive in terms of trying to improve himself and improve his game. And you can really tell that when he went home over winter break that he, he got better. Uh, and he, the entire preseason, his game was at a completely different level. Like he did not look – it's like the same pitcher at all that he did in the fall. And he just carried it right into Sunday's start and get, gave us you know, probably the best start of the weekend and gave us a chance to win that game. He put us in a position to win, which is a starting pitcher. That's really all you can ask to do, and he did it. Yeah, and he, he definitely gave us a chance to win. He pitched great. And uh, you had mentioned before when we sat down last time, you had a, it was, uh, our Sunday guy was TBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you go into what uh, – factors that you looked at when you you made decision to start with, with Roach on, on Sunday? Yeah, just his performance in the preseason. Uh, just his performance in the preseason, um, he had really he had earned it. So less concerned with the fall, more concerned with the preseason in gotcha. terms of performance and competition and because um, he's not the same pitcher that he was. So he, he, he earned that opportunity in the preseason and made the most of it when, when we gave him the ball on Sunday and did a great job. All right, so with with that, you get you get through the weekend. We got the 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 one uh, the one win on Saturday, mm-hmm. and now it's time. There's there's really very little turnaround time there. You've got basically Monday mm-hmm. uh, to get ready to go to Tennessee on Tuesday, which I think you got you guys bus up on Tuesday. We did, yeah, we bust up Tuesday. We had a um, eight o'clock bus. We got up to Knoxville, had a good lunch, and got to the ballpark. Um, it was really you know it was pretty similar to this weather out here, except it was just probably. 10 degrees warmer so instead of snow it was rain but it was kind of similar to this for most of the game yeah i was getting um we had some some folks go up there and i was getting texts from from angie elwood mm-hmm. like, i saw her up there yeah i was like are, are, are we playing and she's like yeah we're playing we're playing <laughs> she was right well we wanted to play you know like i mean that's you 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 want to play those games you that's a long play. bus ride to turn around and come yeah, back but yeah i mean it's you you know we want to we want to play every game we want to play we want to play the best opponents, the most hostile environments, and and I mean because those are all we those are opportunities. Those are opportunities for us to grow as a team, for players to grow individually, and um, you know, and for us to get better. And that's so we we really wanted to play. I actually have a, a ton of respect for Coach Vitello and that coaching staff for for playing that game because there are a lot of schools I think that would have probably canceled in that same situation and. Mm-hmm maybe tried to rest some of their pitching for the upcoming weekend or whatever it may be. Um, and, and, I, and I told Coach Vitello that after after the game when we were talking. I just said, look, I have a lot of respect. This shows you guys' competitiveness, and I um, appreciate you guys keeping the game on. And, you know, again, the outcome didn't go how we wanted it to, but, but that game made us better. Right. I think, yeah, we had a little rough start, but um, we played right with them the whole game. Um, they were averaging 15 runs a game so we cut it in half at least <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's a really good team i mean it, it's i mean look I've, I've any any coach on the east coast 
who's been paying any kind of attention to recruiting the last three years since Coach Vitello and Josh Allender and Frank Anderson got into the Tennessee program, any coach that knows anything about Division One baseball knows that they've been recruiting at a really high level for the last three years. And when you recruit at that level for three years, you know, you're going to see a product that's on the field for them right now. I mean, that team's going to win a lot of games. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, so again, it was a, it was a great test for us and it was a great opportunity for us to, to, you know, to get better and improve. And, um, you know, again, outcome aside, I think, I think we got better. Yeah. You're seeing some good arms. We saw some good arms that day and, uh, um, we did pretty good. I thought. Yeah, I mean, again, there's there are things, there are certainly aspects of our games that that we are not satisfied with, we are not happy with, that we, you know, we are working daily to address and that sort of thing. But you know, from a process standpoint, and you know, I mean, it's that that that's the kind of game that you really learn a lot from, and your guys learn what they can and can't do, and. You know, guys like I mean, like Trace Trace Starnes. Trace Starnes is going to be better next time he goes out. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, Jackson Boss can, knows that he can he can go two and a third innings against an SEC lineup on the road and not give up any runs. <laughs> and he made our team in December from throwing a bullpen. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about that. He he threw a bullpen in December as a, he was a student on campus, and this past <laughs> Tuesday. He's he is rolling through an SEC lineup for two and a third innings. I mean that's on ESPN uh, platform, their platform. Yeah, I mean national TV. you know so there's there's that, and then I mean same thing. Nick Turnbull, Nick Turnbull, you know he he's that much more confident now. And then Colby Bruce, it's like yeah, Colby Bruce is Colby Bruce. So I mean again, we're learning some things again from a process standpoint that I think are going to really help us moving forward. And that that started with Boss in the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we. I mean, first college appearance was bases loaded. Here you go, bud. Here's here, here's yeah. the ball. And, <laughs> but I mean, the kid, he's got, he's tough as nails. Um, he's got a really unique pitch in that cutter that a lot of hitters aren't used to seeing. It's got a wide range. It can be anywhere from like 82, 83 to 90. I've seen it up to 92. So and and you, so you're you're. It's one pitch, but you're getting different. It's getting different speeds and different shapes and. And he can work it to both sides, and but the biggest thing is toughness. I mean, he's just he he's he's got no fear, and he just goes right at guys and says, you know, you're gonna have to. Here's my best. Try and beat it. Is that something you guys put a call out for? Or is he he calling you saying, hey, just just give me a shot? No, I mean, yeah, he just yeah he reached out to us. I think Coach Robinson and Coach Picknell corresponded with him. I think Coach Simmons as well. Our whole staff was in touch with him as soon as he reached out. I mean, as soon as we get. I mean, we get a lot of emails, we get a lot of stuff, but um, this one really stuck out to us. And, you know, it was December, and I remember I was working on some stuff here in the office, and um, gosh, I think B-Rob said, you know, hey, hey, Jackson Boss is getting ready to throw a bullpen. Um, we've got Rap Soto set up, you know, at this time, like, come see it. And so I went down at the time that Jackson was throwing, we had Rapsodo set up with the iPad right behind the catcher. And as soon as I saw the spin efficiency of about 80%, which means it's not like like fastballs are tend to be anywhere from like 95 to 100%. So like really good cutters are less spin efficient, and it's like right around 
and you could see the horizontal movement both with your eyes but also on the iPad. And then, oh, by the way, the velocity is like 88 to 91, up to 91.8. I mean, I've been coaching – guys, I've been coaching for nine or ten years. Like, that, that's, that to me is what you call a no-brainer. Like, that's, like I, I probably saw – four pitches and was like this kid this kid can needs to be on our team and that doesn't i mean that doesn't this is one of this it, it this could potentially shape out to be one of the coolest stories i've had as a coach yeah great story. and we had we had the opportunity to sit next to him with him at the, the, the banquet and uh seems like a good kid he's an engineering major also so uh like me so so, I, so I, what <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah seemed like a really good kid great story and that's that's amazing like I guess literally last month he wasn't on the roster, and a month later he's pitching against Tennessee. He's leading our team in, in innings pitched right now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing too is like, I mean, I think after his, I think he threw one and a third before he went back out for his last inning. I mean, Bree, our trainer, is working on like his hip flexor. His hip flexor is really, really tightened up on him, and so I go back while he's getting his hip flexor worked on, and I'm like, I'm like, you know we're having a conversation about how he feels and it's pretty tight and this and that. And she's trying to loosen it up. And I'm like, you know, do we need to go to somebody else? He's like, no, no coach. I'm good. Um, he's like, he's like, I got this. I'm good. Goes back out, puts up a shut, puts up a shutout inning or a zero. And then, you know, gets us one inning deeper into the game, you know, that much, that's that much more of a chance to win, you know? So he's not even, he's not even going two and a third, you know, against an SEC lineup, he's doing it. He's doing it, not feeling you know a hundred percent. So, again, like, and he. I mean, we're we're having conversations today. Like, when he's the more he's out there, the better he's going to get because every time he's out there, he's learning new stuff. And he didn't go through the fall he, with conditioning and all that either with Zeke. So, no, nope. um, uh, he 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 pretty much trained on his own. I think for two years. Um. Everybody told him he wasn't good enough. He didn't throw hard enough. He should go do something else. And from what I've been told, you know, by him, um, I, I think it was his dad that was like, and obviously his mom too, but, you know, he told me that his dad was, was the one that said, don't give up, keep going. And so when we decided as a coaching staff that Jackson was going to be on our team, um, I asked for Jackson's father's number, and we had a good conversation. And that those conversations are a big reason why you coach. That was pretty yeah. cool. I bet. I bet. Well, Kevin, are those engineering classes? Are they hard? Is that is that difficult? Some of them are. Yes. Some of them are. That's why I stayed out of them, right? <laughs> too <laughs> yeah. much. Too much math. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being a student athlete and and doing the same thing. So, hats off to Jackson. Uh, for all you're doing, I know what yeah, you're going I through. I mean, all these guys managing <laughs> yeah. managing class, and you know, yeah, student athletes these days, it's it is it's a full time job. I mean, it's not job, it's not work per se, but it is it's very time consuming, and um, you know, they they have a lot on their plates for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna throw one last thing out there about about uh, the the game on Tuesday. Um, we we have um, well, we, we add unofficial sponsors every week. We <laughs> had the Grand Slam Club. Who did we add last week? Was the, the machine? The uh, what's the name of the thing? The, hack, uh, hack attack. Hack attack. Hack attack. Yeah, yeah, we just we we free plug hack attack. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna free plug Beantown Tavern there we now go. too. 
um, friends of the program, um, they were all set, which I had heard their advertisements for, for years. Uh, like, what on F and Z? Something like that, yeah, I think. Sports yeah, radio and- Sports radio in town. You would hear uh, Beantown Tavern. Um, they're, they're actually friends of the, the uh, of the baseball program and our program. How about that? They're our friends. That's awesome. Um, and they were all set to do uh, to do a watch party for the Tennessee game. Ended up having to back it down because of the potential that the game might not happen with mm-hmm. the rain. But I think, and and they'll they'll let us know if this isn't right. But I think they're set to maybe do it for UNC Greensboro on Tuesday next week. Yeah, they for, said they're they're planning on it. We'll we'll get the details out when uh, when when they have have them for us. But uh, looks like they had a good. Set up uh, coming for the, the Tennessee game. So yeah, Beantown Taverns and Matthews. I've been hearing about it for years, so it's it's on the list now. We, yeah. you know, we're Cabarrus County people, but <laughs> we, we we need to go down to Matthews. Yeah. So we appreciate we appreciate them being being friends of the baseball program and our program. <laughs> so awesome. Look forward, and when we get information like that, we'll we'll always you know tweet that stuff out and let people know what's up. So uh, if you're looking for a place to watch a Niner road game, sounds like Beantown Taverns the place. Right. So add that to our list, Kevin. We, we got to go. We got to go and visit. It. Um, so we have always done. We've always done uh, a a couple players of the week. Yep. Okay. So we did like a hitter of the week and or a position a position player of the week, and then like a pitcher of the week. And then the way this was very scientific, Coach, uh, <laughs> via text message on Sunday nights before like we we were recorded. Yep. Kevin and I would say, text each other things like. So who you think it ought to be, <laughs> right, Kevin? Right. I mean, and it was, and we, and we would sit down and we would decide, like, right before the show. Well, we want to continue that tradition, except we we've, we've got you involved now, yep. and as it turns out, you guys have like a quite a, an extensive list of players of the week that you decide on on Mondays. Yep. So what we decided to do, and Kevin, I think I, I think this was a unanimous decision. We decided to scrap. What we do <laughs> in favor of what you guys do sure. because it's you know it's bound to be it's bound to be better than just Kevin and I saying well I don't know what do you think, um, I, think you, I think you guys should still have your picks I think we should still have we should have we should blend the two together you know it, it's I, we had we had virtual certificates too that we yeah virtual out. see we don't even have that Harris, well, see, yet, Harris yet has a lot of them <laughs> Harris yet has a whole collection of virtual certificates well, they they had to be virtual because you know if you can't like give student athletes cream cheese for their bagels do you think we could give them a certificate yeah gotta play by the rules uh, so they were virtual certificates yep. um, so we, what we thought what we would do is just kind of let you uh, we'll roll them out one at a time here but let you talk about. Uh, how these guys got the award, the team award that they did. Sure. Um, and, and just going down your list here, uh, you guys started off with uh, a what what's being called leadership effort attitude yep. award. Yeah, for us, I mean, we have seven awards, and we meet as a team every Monday, and it's optional because you know, again, of the NCAA rules. Um, and but we meet as we meet as a team every Monday, and it'll be you know around one one thirty two o'clock each week, depending on kind of travel and guys' classes and that sort of thing. And but we have seven we have seven categories, and these are just categories that again they'll some of the categories are decided by the coaching staff and our opinion, and then some of the categories are based off of some type of statistical performance that's really unbiased, and you know the guys just flat earn. So. Um, there's seven of them, and it starts with us with leadership, effort, and attitude. Um, you know, and that can go that goes to a guy that again maybe doesn't show up in the box scores that helped us 
win the game on Saturday or help us have a four and a week or whatever it may be. But he helped, he, he, you, we try to keep it at one, maybe two guys that really helped us win. And for us, it was Jacob Whitley. And, um, I mean, he caught all three games, um, called every pitch, you know, had conversations with pitchers between innings, myself, the coaching staff, just blocked his tail off. Just did, you know, for us, we just felt like, we felt like, you know, the first weekend that he was, I mean, there's, there's a, there's what you want, right? There's a lot of guys that you could give that award to, mm-hmm. but we felt like he really stood out on the weekend. Yeah, hit one off the wall too, right? He did. Yeah. Really cool story. I mean, he's just worked his way up to the program. Now, I know we mentioned that last week, but mm-hmm. he's he's just a guy that's been in there grinding, and mm-hmm. just and now here he is. He's he's and and I do know now he's a junior. I think <laughs> yeah. I called him a senior last time. He's a junior, but but now he's he's starting catcher for mm-hmm. for a D one program. That's awesome. Yeah, well, and just unbelievable kid. I mean, he and Ryan Chanskowski, I mean, gosh, that we were we were talking as you guys were setting up, or just before you guys set up, just kind of game planning for the weekend. You know, I mean, he they. He's all in. Whatever, whatever it takes to win, he's he's doing it. So he's he took the, he took that award for our first our first week. All right. Um, next up, you had the, the defensive player of the week. Um, yeah, we gave that award to Todd Elwood. Again, there's there's other guys in the running, but for us, um, you know, Woody threw an absolute strike <laughs> to the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest with you, from where I was sitting with the runner on second base and the way the ball was hit internally, I thought I, I had pretty much chalked it up as a run scoring based on just, you know, the timing of how fast the ball was rolling and how fast the runner was. But what you don't credit, what you don't account for is Woody's speed and Woody closed on that ball mm-hmm. really fast. And he got rid of it really fast. And he threw a perfect long, hop, long hop strike right to Whitley who put a perfect sweep tag on. So, I mean, it was it was a hundred percent executed play. I mean, if, if you can if you executed that play ninety five percent of the way, he's safe. I mean, it was a it was a perfect play, and you know, so there was that one. But then there was also uh, he also doubled up a runner on first on a really nice back throw, which Coach Bicknell works with our outfielders on every day in practice. Um, so we work on that stuff all every day in practice and our outfielders are called the squad. I don't know if you guys yeah, know that or not. We heard so, about squad. Yeah. So, so Woody, Woody part of the squad back, picked the runner on first for a double play. And, and that, th- that to me, those two plays really stood out and, and, you know, from a moment, momentum standpoint, you know, really helped us. Yeah. Anytime you throw someone out at the play, especially that moment in the game, mm-hmm. uh, it's a big momentum shifter. Um, and Brad, Brad was here too. Brad, his older brother, Brad was was in the stands, mm-hmm. and and you know we we were just talking about how his how how his brother could throw literally like minutes before <laughs> he did that. Really, and they were like, "That's cool." And I, well, here's the thing: is like I, I asked um, I asked his, his, their dad, Brent. I said, "Man, your sons can just really throw." I mean, how, how does this happen? Because we spent a lot of time in the backyard. <laughs> we spent a that's lot. Usually, that's of, usually the case. It, it, and you know what? They their time in the backyard was well spent because both those dudes have cannons. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's that's as good of an out. That's as good of an outfield assist as you're going to see. Because, like I said, I mean, you know, I, I internally. The, from my internal clock had the runners he was going to be safe so i'm already thinking about you know you know pitching decisions and this and that and the next hitter that's coming up and that whatever else i'm thinking of that's it's like a bonus slightly ahead yeah oh yeah absolutely it was like oh okay he's out sweet like yeah. you know a little more fiery than that when it happened but yeah like it was <laughs> oh yeah you know it just it was an awesome play yeah. you know it's it's it was fun to watch 
All right, going down the list here, um, next award is a quality at-bat. Yeah, so Coach Robinson has a formula for how you know our hitters are, are you know graded out in terms of what we call quality at-bats. Mm-hmm. So you know the first stat line in the bo- in the stat sheet right on the left side is going to be batting average and that's how when you pull up a stat sheet at every baseball on every baseball website you know teams are going to be ranked by batting average well <laughs> you know it, it's it's actually very fitting that this individual won our quality at bats of the week with a, a plus 12 score which again that that that's a conversation for coach Robinson in terms of what goes into um things like you know hard contact slash exit velo walks hit by pitch um, you know, seven plus pitch at bats, lots of lots of ways to have a quality at bat to where it doesn't necessarily result in a hit. I mean, obviously hits are quality at bats as well, but there's other things that you can do to help your team win without getting a hit. So, you know, David McCabe for us was the winner, and I thought that was very fitting for him to be the winner because if if you watched all three games, you saw how hard he hit the ball. And you saw, you know, just a, a lot of the things that don't show up in box scores that he did offensively to help our team win. But then you pull up the box score, you know, to, if you pulled the box score up today, he's probably going to be hitting ninth in terms of batting average on our team. Well, you know, he's first in quality at bats. And, you know, if you're routinely hitting a ball 95 to 105 off the bat, you know 350 plus feet yeah. you know, i don't care if it's flying out the track or or what or you're just hitting it right at guys like hmm. you're gonna get paid off i mean that's like i mean major league baseball they'll tell you that the biggest indicator of hitters having success is exit velocity and david mccabe does that yeah. so you know if we're if we're, if i'm if we're gonna write the lineup card out based on somebody's batting average like david mccabe's gonna be sliding down well let me tell you like he ain't sliding down <laughs> like you know he he yeah. he can flat hit and our coaching staff, you know, has a ton of belief in him as a as a not only a hitter but a player. So, yeah, I thought I thought I thought it was very fitting that he won this award. I don't know how scientific this is because well, I'm not a scientist. I'm not heck. I'm not even an engineer. Um, but as the weather warms up, you know, it seems like maybe those things those those warning track shots start finding their way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just it's only a matter of time. Yeah, he just missed a couple uh, this weekend we saw, but. Yeah, um, congrats to Dave on that. He was getting his money's worth on those swings, yes. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Um, next up is the position player of the week. Yeah, so that's a little bit more like like all-encompassing. That encompasses you know offensive performance, defensive performance, on the base paths, really everything that comes with being a position player. And for us, that was Dominic Palali. We thought um, – now, on the flip side, he's, he led our team in batting average. I want to say, like, that series he hit, like, 560-something um, on the weekends, like 6 for 11, uh, I think. And, uh, you know, but then he, he makes a dive and play down the left field line. He make, mm-hmm. There's a really tough line, driver, o- line drive over his head that he made a really great play on. Um, and, again, we're talking about a kid in his first weekend of playing college baseball, you know, against a team filled with, with – juniors and seniors that won 39 games and went to the you know NCAA tournament or should have if they you know yeah. was a really good team and he just rolls in there and it's just another day at the yard for him and looked you know, very really, comfortable looked comfortable balled out was fun to watch so um you know he won the award for us week week one yeah you just mentioned two freshmen in a row um, that'll lead into uh, the next one, which is the WHIP. Yeah, our, so our WHIP leader, WHIP stands for walks and hits per innings pitched, and it's a it's a pitcher award. Um, so we we certainly value that on, on the on the pitching side is trying to you know limit walks and number of hits that we allow per innings pitched. And 
Um, for us, another freshman won that award, and that was Christian Lothis. And Christian threw two and two-thirds innings of no-hit, no-walk baseball. So that when you put up a zero 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 whip, you have a good chance of winning that award. And he did that. It was, again, not surprised. Um, he's really done that since he's been here on campus for us. Was just really excited to see him do it against another uniform. Yeah, I'm exaggerating, but I'm not sure they even hit foul balls off of Lothus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he. You know, and I'll just I'll put this I'll put this out there just because you know I know a lot of people listening are, are you know they're very close to the program. They're supportive. I mean he. He has a mild abdomen strain, and he went back out there. He it's, it flared up his last inning out there. So, um, you know, he it, it's it's minor, but you know, he's he's probably he's if anybody's wondering, you know, why he threw you know, why we didn't send him back out there for the eighth, and we went to Colby Bruce, and then why we didn't see him at Tennessee, and we're probably going to hold him out this weekend just just to make sure. He, I mean, we've got you know, a long season just to make sure that that it's, it's really calmed down and, and it's close to being better, but we just want to make sure that we kind of nip that here this early in the season. So just for the fan, you know, fans that are listening out there that are kind of wondering, you know, he's good. We're just making sure we're just really trying to kind of be overly cautious with him. Better safe than sorry. I feel yeah. like you're directed that at me, but uh, no, yeah, I, was, I, I was saying, I was telling Nick, I was like, well, <laughs> I said, Lothus can probably finish this game out. And, well, uh, that was the plan. Have and, you hacked into our text messages? No, I haven't. That was the plan. And so, <laughs> No, we had, we we actually joked uh, as a coaching staff just to give some insight. We joked like when when Colby was going out there for the eighth. I think I think Coach Bicknell and I were like joking. We're like, man, if we're in the other dugout, we're probably saying like, thank goodness they just they brought a new pitcher in, or they're pulling him, or I can't believe they're bringing him. Yeah, out. <laughs> or I can't believe I can't believe they're they're taking that kid out of the game. So. Um, and I actually had a conversation the next day with uh, the VCU coaching staff, and they were like, yeah, we were. We were wondering a little bit, but we thought it might just be a pitch count thing. Um, and I was like, well, you know, no, it was – I mean, Christian's built up. He's been built up to, gosh, 75, 80 pitches in the preseason as a starter. It just so happens that we bring him in in the fourth or the fifth inning and with the mentality that he can finish a game. So he's he has been built up. Arm's good. Everything else is good. It's just like a – it's just an like a mild abdomen strain that we're just going to try to really take care of. So, well – so if he was healthy, he might have finished that. That off. Yep, that it. was the plan. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Uh, well, I, I, I'm telling, that's hilarious that you bring that up because that's exactly what we were talking about. Yep. I'm sure. I mean, people that people that are people that care about the program. Um, you know, I mean, again, people. I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's just there's it's early in, early in the year. You have stuff to pop up, and yep. you know, it's just part of it. It's cold and. You got to stretch out when it's cold, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some things pop up. Yeah. Uh, moving on down the list, uh, starting pitcher of the week. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. I mean, Andrew yeah. Roach. I mean, you know, you're 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 one. The series is one and one. You're in a rubber match, and you're weekend one, and you know he gets us he gets us deep into the ball game right there with a chance to win. And I know he walked a few more guys than he was happy with, um, but he. You know, he he punched out I think six still through five and some change yeah. and and you know really made some big pitches with some runners on base um, to strand some runners. So um, I mean, just I thought it was a really warrior effort and like I said, put us in a position to win and you know it just didn't it didn't happen that way for us. But you know, I thought I thought he gave us a tremendous start. Well, in our old way of doing things, I would have voted for Roach as pitcher of the week. So there you go, on the same page. Yep. Um, I would have voted with you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
And then uh, the final award of the week, uh, reliever of the week. And yeah, we, had a, we had a few guys that I think this could have gone to. Um, but, you know, collegiate debut, two and two-thirds innings, went back out there with a mild abdomen strain and, and kind of pitched through it for one more inning um, without giving up a hit or a walk. You know, we gave it to Christian Lothis. I mean, that's – I mean, he was a bulldog for us right there. And even though he, he didn't finish the game, he still got us to the eighth and we were able to end up winning it because we think – we because of, you know, his performance that on Saturday. So all, the, all those guys – from all of us here at Diamond Niners Weekly, you can all look forward to your non-existent virtual certificates for <laughs> those various awards. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll send you – we'll send you um, – We'll, we'll send you virtual Harris yet autographed virtual certificates. How about that? That'll be good. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're debuting a new segment here. We're gonna we, we put out the call. You were you were good enough, Coach, to to say you would field questions. Yep. Um, we're gonna call it Ask Coach Woody. Yep. Producer Brad, it seems like that needs. We're gonna. We're, there, we need like music for Ask Coach Woody at some sound, point, don't sound we? effect or something. All right. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm sure, but Coach, we'll, Stott, I'm sure Coach Stott can come up with something. We'll, we'll figure out. There's, <laughs> there needs to be like music for Ask Coach Woody. It's like when you watch, um, uh, you know, Stat of the Day. When you watch, uh, um, uh, oh, PTI. No, no. What am I thinking of? They they have Will Ferrell do it. Um, the guy that was on, jeez, oh, this is why I shouldn't bring something up. It's just it'll come to me in a minute. Anyway, we need like some kind of overdub music that goes with. We, Ask we can Coach come Woody. up with something. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so let's go. We've got a couple of questions here. We're gonna we're gonna roll them out. Uh, the, the the first few questions here uh, come from from Eddie Hall. Um, which, Stud. well, you know, Niner player. What's 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 he up to these days, Kevin? He's he's a assistant coach at. Uh, Charlotte Latin, yep. yeah, Charlotte Latin. So uh, it, he also shared a table with us at the uh, the banquet as well. Yes, and also shared a table. Um, so here's here's Eddie's first question, which okay. I know he's waiting on the answer for big time. Yep. Um, what was your recruiting philosophy coming in this past August? Has that changed over the course of the fall? And if you could touch on high school versus JUCO guys and how you want to structure a roster. I mean, gosh, like it's you know recruiting philosophy. I mean, it's you can go you can go pretty broad, honestly. I, I mean, for us, our, we we want our our recruiting to start in the city of Charlotte. Um, we want we want the best players in Charlotte, North Carolina, to stay home and help us win championships. And then from there, we want to spread throughout the state of North Carolina. Um, I mean, really, west of I eighty five, like we were we were you know that's we really want to you know you know, put our, put our flag down there and, but all over the state. Um, I mean, there's, 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 there's talent all over the state of North Carolina that we want to bring here to this, to this city and to this school and play. And, and like I said, help us win championships. And then, you know, really based off of that talent pool on a given year, because it changes year to year. Um, some, I mean, North Carolina, don't get me wrong, North Carolina is always very talented in the high school oh, level, yeah. but you know, some some years for whatever reason, it, it's it's a little bit deeper than others. It's a little bit more picked over than others. So just depending on kind of of that, we'll go to the out of state route. And you know, the previous coaching staff and and B Rob and and Coach Simmons. I mean, they have they have really you know great connections to Ohio and Maryland and Pennsylvania and Virginia and, and some of these other states. And then myself and Coach Bicknell. I mean, Coach Bicknell was three years in Texas, and you know, myself recruiting. At both North Carolina and Virginia Tech and UNC Wilmington, I've 
kind of acquired a you know, you know network really all throughout the country and both at the high school and the junior college level. So for us, it's really all just combining all of our networks into one and then really trying to put names on the board and then talk about the names and then talk about, you know, <clears throat> where, where we think these names stack up in terms of the guys that are already in our program or the guys that are already committed to us, um, you know, and then who are we up against on the recruiting trail? How, you know, how much effort or how little effort, not that, you know, but just some, some guys you have to work harder for. And you got to, for, for my experience, you know, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta weigh, you gotta weigh like, you know, do I spend hours and hours and hours on this one kid and this one kid and this one family trying to bring him to Charlotte versus, you know, this player and this family. And, you know, again, you're, you're weighing out the time of it. So again, that's probably a pretty broad answer, Eddie, in terms of like recruiting philosophy, but, um, you know, it's fluid. It's every day. I mean, it is every day. It is the first thing we look at when we come in in the morning. It's the last thing we look at when we leave. There is not a day in these offices where we do not talk recruiting, whether it's strategy, whether it's our roster, whether it's our future rosters, whether it's calling coaches or whatever. I mean, recruiting is every day and um, things change. You know, I mean, there's <clears throat> you, you could, you know, you over the like, I mean, we talked about you can, I mean, a player can, can do something in the fall and you can think that, you know, maybe he's limited in this field and then all of a sudden he shows up the preseason and he's that much better. You know, I mean, it's just, you, it's, it's recruiting is every day and it's fluid and you just try to do the best as you possibly can to, you know, to recruit a, a wide enough net and a talented enough net um, of the right players. You know, we use the word match. We talk when we, when in our offices, we talk about finding the right match, you know, like on the pitching side, it's imperative to me as, a, as, you know, I'm also the pitching coach that we find the right match of pitchers that love to train and love, love the weight room and love to train and love to invest time pre-throw and post-throw and can think along with the game. You know, it's, it's, if there's, if, you know, for recruiting one pitcher that, you know, really doesn't like to do all the extra stuff and train and work and that sort of thing. And, you know, pitcher B does, you know, then, you know, we're going to gravitate towards the one that loves to train and loves to work and loves to repair and all that stuff. I mean, and we have to do our homework to do that. So we can't, we have to call numerously. I mean, if we're recruiting one kid, we're talking to at least probably five to 10 people about that, about that player, because we, we want to know what kind of person he is, you know, from a makeup standpoint. So um, thoroughness is important, you know, and then, you know, certainly just, you know, finding the right match is important. But in terms of high school and junior college player, I think that was part of the question, mm -hmm, question right? And I, I think I got a little long-winded on the previous one. But, you know, with high school players, the best teams, if you look at their roster, they've probably, they've probably got, you know, two or three high-level impact players in there every day and those guys you know those guys are going to you need those guys because you need the longevity you need the experience and that sort of thing um and then but mo you know like you saw with vcu they came in here and they had a, a lineup of juniors and seniors and some of those guys were junior college guys in their second year or their first year but you know they're a little bit more veteran 
Um, you know, so we kind of want to have a blend. You kind of want to have a blend of both. And, um, you know, so like you look at our 2020 recruiting class, you know, there's a blend of both. Like we have, it's pretty much, it's, it's a little bit more junior college than high school, but it's about 50, yeah. 50. Um, and probably for the first three years, it'll probably be that way. Um, two to three years, um, with a gradual progression towards the high school player over time. Yeah. I've heard some coaches compare it to compare it to the pros. Like JUCOs are like free agents, and and, and bringing in freshmen are like your draft. Yeah, it's a great way. That's a great analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Producer Brad has the Dan Patrick Show. I don't know why I couldn't think of that before. And, and they have Will Ferrell as Ron Burgundy, who's <laughs> their stat of the day jingle. You have to look that up. But anyway, I just I don't I brain freeze. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> yeah, it was brain freeze. I couldn't think of that before. So, uh, second question from uh, from uh, from Eddie, which. Um, did I see that on Twitter? Is it is it Doc Hall's birthday today? Yes, yesterday it was, was yesterday Hall. Doc Hall's birthday. So nice. uh, the goat, uh, he, he, the goat. He's yeah, a, Eddie's he's father. A, he's a Myers Park Mustang as well. Oh yeah, yep. Long time, he's, long time Niner supporter. He's a Niner legend. Yeah. Niner, Niner legend. Yeah. So I, uh, I, met, I met him at our golf outing in September. It was awesome. Yeah. Happy, so happy birthday to, to Doc Hall. I'm yep. not working that in. Belated, but belated, but you know whatever. We we weren't on the air yesterday. <laughs> So, all right. So here's here's uh, Eddie's second second part here. I know culture is the buzzword right now, but what have you done with your players slash staff to build a strong culture in this first year? Um, I mean, you could probably. I think our players would probably be a better probably better to ask them. I would say I would say because, um, you know. But for me, I, I think it's just being consistent on a daily basis. I think it's important for our guys to know. When they suit up and they walk across the street and they're going to walk in the indoor facility, like they or onto the field, that they know what they're going to get. Like they're not wondering what kind of mood is Coach Woodard going to be in or the you know Coach Bicknell going to be in. Like I think it's important for them to know that like the way we are generally or we try to be is very consistent, and that comes along with our expectations. That comes along with our standards. Um, it's just we want everything to be very consistent and not you know really really good for a week and then like for a week we just kind of check out and let up like we just want to be really really consistent with our habits and our approach and our messages and all these things so you know our, like I said when our guys know when they change up and they cross they cross over the street to come to the haze that you know that, that what's expected just from all of that um, but, you know, we've talked about it, I think, in the past a little bit just in terms of, um, you know, we have different classifications where mm-hmm. I just think I think it's important for players to understand, you know, when they're doing a good job that they know and, you know, when they can do things better, they know. And so, you know, we have different classifications for, you know, in our program where, you know, almost weekly we update uh, and, you know, you just we have locker labels that go in and kind of tell players where they're at and, you um, you know, this fall, every player started at the committed level. And because for us, you know, that's where it's got to start. Like if you, if you don't have commitment in your locker room, then it's, it's going to be a challenge to be successful. Um, it really starts there. And, um, you know, if, if, if from there, it can really only go up outside of one thing, you know, I mean, they're 18 to 22 year old college kids. And so if there's, if there's a slip in commitment, whether that's be, you know, some work ethic or class attendance or I don't know, whatever it may be, then, you know, there is, a, we, we have a complacent uh, tag that, that can go in the locker and, 
it can stay there a day, it can stay there a week, it can stay there a month. You know, it just it's really kind of up to the player. Um, we don't even really address them with like a whole lot with it because we've got such good kids. So you don't really have to. Um, they kind of just for the most part, like when a couple of times when it's gone in, it really hasn't happened very often. Like it kind of self corrects, and a day or two later or a week later, like it's back to committed or moves up higher. I mean, I can think of times I'm when I was the 18 to 22 year old college baseball player <laughs> where I deserve to have complacent in my locker, you know? So yeah. it's not about, it's not about, you know, you know, really putting a player down or anything like that. It's just kind of, Hey, like, let's, you know, let's go a little bit. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's pick it up. And that's all. And so that's really the only thing below committed that we have. And then from committed, you can go up to competitive and competitive just means that you're competing at another level you're separating yourself um you know if if it's you versus a committed guy like you're working harder like we want to establish that you're working harder than a committed guy i guess and um you know from there there's there's two more levels above that the, the next level would be compelled um you know those are the guys that have really separated themselves in all facets uh, and it's it's you know the way they go about things is impressive um, top to bottom. I mean, it, like I said, it's, that's where it's kind of like a pyramid. It starts to get smaller at the top, mm -hmm. um, you know, with compelled. And then our top, our top, uh, level is gold standard, you know, which was instituted before I got here with Mike Hill and the administration is, you know, as, as our athletic department is, we want to be gold standard. So we carry that into our program and, and basically, you know, like you're, you're doing things that are above compelled so compelled is like is impressive but gold standard is like we, we say you're leaving a legacy like you're doing a thing you're doing things that people will talk about not only talk about but will remember when you're gone like they'll they'll you know we have three players that are gold standard todd elwood ryan chanskowski and matt brooks currently and there will be more we know that um we already talk about it in our offices um, and I mean, I could sit here and tell you like why those three guys, you know, have achieved that level and, you know, but we only Is have Brooks some more some recent addition on that. I think. Yeah, we, uh, that was, that was, let's see, we took before our opening, we took our opening day BP, um, before VCU, we always, you know, at home we hit first and then the opposing team hit second. So we, we, we took BP on Friday. And then we told the team we wanted to meet in the locker room after BP. So we go in there, we met, and then we awarded Matt with gold standard um, on opening day. It's Very awesome. cool. Congrats, Matt. That's a great honor. Yeah, well deserved. And again, we've we've kind of we, we've known that some of these were, were coming for a long time. We just try to kind of you know there's try to kind of pick some spots where we feel like you know is unique, I guess. Um, and the neat thing is too, is, is we've decided as a staff that, you know, Todd Elwood's number 17. So when Todd Elwood leaves, there's going to be a gold, uh, you know, there'll be a gold standard plate with his name on it. You know, as long as there's a number 17 in the locker room, there's going to be a Todd Elwood name, you know, with a gold, a gold standard plate. So that way the next number 17 knows like, that's the standard, like, like, you know, you don't have to be Todd Elwood, but you know, there's there's somebody that was here before you that did things at a really high level. Mm -hmm. That's really I, I kind of get chills thinking about that. I mean that's really cool. That's that's high impact stuff, you know. Well, it's it's something we talk. It's, it's our whole coaching staff. It's something we've all talked about as a staff, and 
I've seen I've seen other programs institute things similar to that along the lines, but it's just something we we do here. We value here. Very cool. All right, Kevin. I think you have our next question. Yeah, we we had another question besides Eddie. Um, uh, Tucker Thanks, Parrish, Eddie. Tucker Parrish uh, sent us a note. Um, his first question his question was, uh, how do you plan on incorporating the P three technology into the program? Well, I mean, what we do with P3, I mean, they come in every six to eight weeks and they assess and, and our guys. And from there, they work with Coach Patrick, our strength coach, and our coaching staff and, and Bree, our athletic trainer. And and we kind of carry out, you know, their programming. So, you know, they're um, – you know, in terms of their technology, I mean, their 3D motion capture, I mean, that's given us feedback on our guys' deliveries and where we can improve. And, you know, that's, you know, the more, the more we've, we've had three assessments, the more we use the semi system, the more feedback we're going to get. So that's more long-term. Um, that's not necessarily like instantaneous right now. Um, and then also from, you know, from the, the, um, the other technology technology point is like when our, our guys also throw um, bullpens with high speed cameras with the you know high speed camera shooting like 960 frames per second with the ball coming off the grip so we can start to give some feedback from Austin Miney their pitching coordinator about maybe how we can start to look at like improving some some different pitch types. Um, we also use Rapsodo which we use here on on a daily basis with our pitchers and bullpens and that sort of thing. Um, so from a technology standpoint, that's that's most of the technology that is used when when our guys are assessed. You know, the the, the meat and potatoes of, of that is in the training, and that's where that's where our guys are assessed head to toe, uh, upper and lower body, you know, upper and lower body extremities and that sort of thing. And you know, from there, um, you know, P three works again with with John Patrick, our strength coach, in terms of individualized you know training for our pitchers. So that when we you know after they get done pitching on the mound, and they have you know three days between their next bullpen session or six days between their next outing, or if they're a lever, have a you know a certain type of program to where, you know they're what they're doing in the weight room is built individually for them and their needs based on you know how they are assessed. So again, there's definitely a technology piece to it, but it's it's more than that. It's 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 as much individualized programming in the weight room and training and that sort of thing. So, so the P3 assessment, um, basically during the season, it's going to be just um, using what they what they the assessment did. The guys came in a week before the season started mm-hmm. and assessed you guys. Mm-hmm. So during the season, you're just kind of implementing what they're saying. You're not they're not involved during season. They're just they're coming back postseason. I would say. Um, to reassess or what they've told you in your latest assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you there's general just implementing that. So just from like a, I guess the best way to describe it is like from a general, like pitcher strength and conditioning training protocol, there's different phases. Like there's an in season fall phase where guys are kind of, they've been pitching since January. So they need to train at a certain kind of level to, because they're trying to perform between the lines in our fall season of practice, but also, you know, need to continue to get stronger and more mobile. Um, so they build programs for that, for our pitchers based on, you know, their internal and external rotation of their upper and lower extremities, et cetera. Everybody's a little bit different. Some guys are six foot six. Some guys are five foot 10. Some guys are hypermobile. Some guys aren't 
whatever. And, and, you know, and those things really matter in terms of the weight room, because, you know, again, if you have, I mean, if you just take, I mean, gosh, if you take, I'm trying to think of, if you take Ryan Chanskowski and you look and Nick Turnbull, I mean, you can just look at the two guys and say, they look very, they're just, they look very different, but yet there's programs out there that would prescribe them the same exact lifting and conditioning, you know, to, to try to get better. And we, we don't believe that that's the best way to go about it along with P3. So, you know, that's, they'll run the warning track. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, again, when everybody was war- running the warning track, then yeah, whoever ran the warning track the best, I guess won. but teams have kind of stopped doing that. <laughs> so now you better try to, you know, improve and, and, and work, you know, try to, you know, be, you know, individualize programs based on guys' actual needs versus just a general, you know, pitching staff. It never made much sense to me with the, with pitchers and the, the running part not that you don't need conditioning but the, you know i mean i you know did you like running as a pitcher you know i i i actually did and i and i but it's one of those things that i look back on my younger self and i say i wish i knew what i know now and but i i do think there's a there's a mental edge i think i think that running is more i think for as a, for a pitcher i ran more for mental mm. um preparation for you know i felt like every time i would go for a long run or a challenging run or run like runs with hills or a stadium run when i was a player i was always like in a game in my mind like i was already like if we were getting ready to play nc state like i was when i was running i was already like on the mound at doak field packed house like people telling me i sucked and you know <laughs> trying to make a 3-2 pitch with the bases loaded like that's those are the things i was thinking about when i was running mm-hmm. so for me running wasn't as much about like you know trying to improve velocity as it was like when i stood on the mound at doke at the doke um in the bases loaded 3-2 situation with you know whoever at the plate mm-hmm. i felt like mentally i had already been in that situation and i was more prepared to execute so for me running was more mental you know we kevin and i have, have both done uh, various amounts of running over the years and, and I, I i had to i've dialed it back way back because knees and stuff like that yes yeah, high was, impact was, yeah high impact mm-hmm. um but uh was there for a, a period of, of several years was doing you know, running every week and doing a 5K or a 10K or something like that, you know, a ton of weekends out of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw that play out so many, it's so mental. Um, in, in one 5K race, it was downtown, never forget this, I ran into on the course sort of a, an acquaintance and they weren't as up on their running program and, and they were just, you know, not anticipating running a very good time. Mm-hmm. Well. I really wasn't running the race for time, but it was just kind of running the race. And ended up, we ran like a couple of miles together. And it was, you know, they were doing great. Um, but they hadn't seen a clock yet. We were just talking, and, and, and they weren't breathing hard or anything. Well, we were clicking off some pretty good times. They just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how they have those clocks out on the road? We got to one of those clocks, and he looked at it, and he realized what kind of time he was running. Mm. And all of a sudden, <sighs> the, the, lost his breath. It, just like a parachute came out. 
Interesting. He was doing it. Yeah. We were we were we were in we were less than a mile. We well we were we were coming to the three mile marker. You're in, you're in you had your flow state. He, he yeah he was he had just this guy had just turned in. He was on his way to a PR. Yep. He just turned in two miles in an unbelievable clip that he didn't think was possible mm-hmm. until he found out what he was doing. He saw the clock and he fell apart. Dang, it fell That's apart because because yeah. he knew. I love sports psychology, so that, you know I'm fascinated by that stuff. I think his mind cool. saw the time, mm. and his mind told him he couldn't do that, mm. even though he had been doing it for two miles. Crazy, you know. I mean, that's just just the way it goes. So yeah, I love that that kind of well, it's kind of what we were talking about with Carson earlier. It's just the mental aspect of it of what are you trying to do and what's your what's your aspect, you know, what's your focus? What are you what are you trying to get done? Yeah, I'm sorry if I look distracted. I'm just making sure the players aren't walking on the grass because if they walk, no. <laughs> if they walk on the grass, yeah, we're we're looking out the window here. There's uh, there's we we have baseball on the field and it's it looks like it may it have stopped snowing. snowing. Yeah, it stopped snowing. So the, the the field is covered in snow, but we have we have baseball on the field. Looks like some of the UMBC guys are are out throwing around. So that's why we're all. Y'all can't see that, but we've all been looking out the window here while I was telling boring running stories. Uh, Just, you know, uh, Cass, Cass Ferguson, he, he spearheads kind of all the, the facilities and the grounds on campus. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to look out for him and I know, and make sure these guys don't walk on the grass because there's snow on it and if they do it, it's probably going to kill it. Yeah. So doing with that. We're good, though. We're, we're good. good. They're, they're, they're being respectful. It's all good. Yep. So was, that, was there a second part of that question, Kevin? I don't want to cut you off. Um, we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. We're okay. We're good. So, all right. That's that's our first Ask Coach Woody oh, they're on the segment. Uh oh. Uh oh. Coach, we got to tell them they got to stay off. <laughs> so we're t- Tyler. Tyler. Coach Tyler Simmons is being dispatched even as we speak. Um, yeah, they're about to get busted. So here we are. So that was our first Ask Coach Woody. We'll work on getting we'll work we'll work on getting some some something to go along with that. Um, moving on real quickly with uh, with our uh, as the season progresses and we get into uh, minor league season, we'll bring you Pro Niners update. Uh, we saw a lot of those guys this weekend. They're all getting ready to report. Um, Harris Yet was actually not here on Friday. He came back in, uh, but he came in on Saturday. We had um, and as soon as I start naming. Guys, Guys, I'm gonna not. I'm gonna leave somebody out. But uh, Harris was here, and TJ and Zach, um, Reese, um, as and even beyond guys that are that are pro in something other than baseball. Yeah. We had a bunch of guys here. Carson, uh, Tyson Hibbs, uh, Logan Gagan, was Sean here. Gagan, Logan Shear was Gagan, here. Sean yeah. Gagan. Lots of lots of great to see a lot of. Uh, Baseball alumni out here supporting the Niners uh, last weekend. Yeah, so a couple things to point out though. Just just really this afternoon before we went before we sat down to do this, um, the the Delmarva Shorebirds who are celebrating their their 25th anniversary as a as a team uh, are putting they put out a uh, or they are announcing a silver anniversary team and for the Delmar Delmarva Shorebirds and they have named Zach Jarrett as the silver anniversary team center fielder. So pretty cool for Zach. Really awesome. Well deserved pretty cool deal and he was working out here um preseason yeah so it, it's really cool um and then also kevin you 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 caught the retweet on this um there was uh, uh one of the the orioles um minor league blogs i think had put out a tweet or maybe a day or so ago about some some guys to look look at under the radar as far as hitters in the system and both zach and tj were on that list right yep so it's it's pretty exciting yeah, spring uh, training is cranking up soon i'm looking forward to following those guys hopefully get some 
big league action this this spring. I've really I've I've really enjoyed getting to know those guys since they came, they came back when the first off season. I mean, they've been in here every day, working out, training. They've been around our guys. Um, I mean, you cannot you can't put a price tag on on what kind of value that brings to a program for your current players to see those guys coming back here every day and and you know their passion for the game and how much they work and I've just you know I've just really getting I've, I've enjoyed just getting to know those guys as people and and we're I know our whole coaching staff is going to be we're going to be following them every step of the way from where they break in spring training to you know how their April goes how their May goes etc just following the, through the whole year and yeah I mean like you said hopefully hopefully we we start getting some niner big league call-ups and that would be that would be one of the coolest things we'll i can assure you that if 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 one of those guys gets called up we're going to do everything we can to be at a debut because that that stuff's really really important yeah very cool very cool so you'll we'll we'll keep you guys up to date on that as that gets going and and what those guys are doing can't wait to follow them i mean it really it gets us uh for us it gets us all the way back to college football season you know right when we start following these guys throughout the summer um all right so we're going to transition to our grand slam club there's see free sponsorship our grand slam club look at the week ahead so should i give them the read kevin what the grand slam club read i know coach wants the grand slam club read so our week our Look of the Week Ahead is brought to you, as always, by the Grand Slam Club. The Grand Slam Club is an organization that will be instrumental in accelerating the growth of the Charlotte 49ers baseball program. Each contribution will directly impact our student-athletes' experience, along with our push towards winning a Conference USA Championship, hosting the NCAA Tournament, and competing in the College World Series. So, if you're not a member of the Grand Slam Club, what exactly is wrong with you? So, <laughs> I, and, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'll just I'll say interrupt this. away. Coach. It's it's I, I've been blown away um, since July with the number of Grand Slam Club supporters, and I can I can tell you this as soon as soon as someone signs up, our coaching staff we get an email. Donna Bielowski, our our secretary, she sends us an email. Um, Sean Fox update updates the website. You can go to the, you can go to our website and you can see, you know, every person that has contributed from forty nine dollars up, and I mean we talked earlier about the 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 breakfast that we have in the Eric Walker Suite. I mean that is coming straight from the Grand Slam Club and people, the biggest supporters of our program, enabling us to to you know to to have that that type of you know those type of moments and I mean. It's nourishment for our guys, right? Like before before a big game, our, our team's getting fueled up with a really good breakfast, but it's also about fellowship. And, you know, without the Grand Slam Club support, you know, that's that's not possible. Um, we just – if you look out our windows right now, we have three brand-new 4K cameras that are being installed, one behind home plate, one over both dugouts, and then next week we have a center field camera being installed. And um, we, we're – with the um, bats it's a program called bat software um you know we're going to be able to have every single pitch that's thrown in this stadium recorded and tagged that our player that our coaches and players and future players are going to be able to to look at and and from a player development standpoint we've never we we haven't had we haven't had it at this level before and again that is that is coming from you know our fan base, our donors, our supporters, our family members contributing to the Grand Slam Club, and it is 
I mean, it's, it's, it's real. It has a real impact on this program and our success and where we want to go. Well, let's, uh, and again, it, it, it's so, it's so cool to see that. Cause uh, how many times do we wear this, this gear and stuff that we get and people are asking, you know, where'd you get that? How do you get that? And it's like, well, that's all coach Simmons. Grand, Grand Slam. He, he designed the hat. Yeah. That hat. I've seen a lot of those now. And you know, it's, it's, it's a little, little, you know, the mesh back, it's as the weather warms up. That, yep. for, for a guy like me, that's it's a little hard to wear this time of year. <laughs> uh, my head gets gets cold for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. It's maybe lack of hair or something. I don't know. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at, at the week coming, which, by the way, folks, if this is where you get this great content, because uh, pretty much what the scouting report on on VCU last week, it's pretty much how it went down. Um, so you, you you were not surprised by how VCU did last weekend, if you listened to this, because Coach told you what was going to happen. So we've got UNBC in here for a four-game set, 3 o'clock on Friday. Uh, doubleheader on Saturday, 12 and tentatively around 3.30, and then 12 o'clock on Sunday. Go ahead and put this in before Coach gives you the scouting report <laughs> that if you need tickets, and you do, um, get out here, buy your ticket in person. John George would love to sell you a ticket, uh, 704-687-4949 or charlotte49ers.com. You can get through to it that way. Um, get out here this weekend. The snow is going to get out of here, and we're going to we're going to play some baseball. So mm-hmm. get out here and support these guys. So with that being said, Coach, what, what do you want to tell us about UMBC? Yeah, I mean, they're they're a really competitive club. Um, coach Bo- uh, Liam Bowen is their head coach, and, and he's been doing it a long time. You know they're going to be well coached. You know they're going to be well prepared. This is their opening series, so they didn't they didn't play last weekend. So they're, I mean, they're going to play with fire. They're, they're not going to take a pitch off. Um, you know, I know that their season last year didn't go how they wanted it to go. So they're gonna have they're gonna have a lot of energy to come out and play really well. So, um, yeah, I mean that's for me. For me, it's gonna boil down to clean baseball, fundamental baseball. You know, I think I think the team the team that plays, you know, the most the most fundamentally sound brand and doesn't allow the other to have free bases and that sort of thing. I think that's gonna be the team that takes this series. Um, you know, I'm excited for our guys because I. I I've been at the field the last couple of days since we've gotten back from Knoxville. And, you know, I, I think if if we could have played as soon as we got off the bus, I think this group of guys would have been ready. to. I know they would have been ready to play. As soon as we got off, I think we got off the bus at 12.15 Wednesday afternoon for practice, they, they would have been ready to play. So I'm just excited that our guys, you know, Get, get that opportunity tomorrow against a really well-coached, well-prepared UMBC team. Yeah, they're going to be ready to play against someone else as well like we were last week. Yep. Very cool. And I know – and then we'll, we'll go ahead and add in the, the week uh, the weekday game after that. Uh, next Tuesday, we're headed up to UNC Greensboro um, for a Tuesday 4 o'clock afternoon game. I know you got a few comments you want to share on that as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I just – you can't talk about that game with talk, without, you know – talking about coach godwin Mm -hmm. um billy godwin is a he is a staple when it comes to north carolina baseball um you know he was previously he's new head coach for for uncg um but previously a a scout for the new york yankees and head coach for the east carolina pirates and um with with again a, a long history of being a 
you know, a coach in North Carolina for years before that. So, um, you know, he's, you know, fallen on some, some health, some health issues here recently. And our coaching staff certainly thinking about him and his family, because uh, you're not, you're not going to find a better baseball man and a better person than Billy Godwin. And, you know, our whole coaching staff is just, we're thinking about him and I, and I hope, you know, I hope we get a chance to at least, you know, at least see him on Tuesday, but, you know, you know, we're, we're wishing him a, a speedy and fast recovery for sure. And that, that club, um, I, I know I'm familiar with them from, from last season. They had a very veteran club. I'm not sure what they, um, what they brought back, but I know that that, that program for the last several years has been very, very formidable. Yeah. I mean, and I had, I had a chance last year, you know, when I was, when I was at UNC, we played, we played UNCG last year and they, they had, gosh, every single arm was 90 plus and they're always they're always physical in the batter's box so you know you're we're gonna have to bring a, a you know our a game to up there to greensboro when we go up there because i mean like you said i mean even i mean they've got a new coach and that sort of thing but um you know link jarrett was you know one of the best coaches in our state for a long time and and you know he he recruited a really high level so that's that team's going to be really a really tough challenge for us next tuesday did jarrett end up at nook Notre, Notre Dame, Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, he's up at Notre Dame yeah. now. Another yep. P three school, right? They are. They're one of yeah. Notre Dame just partnered. Um, Chuck Ristano, their pitching coach, is actually a friend of mine. And when we partnered with them, he reached out to me and said, "What do I think?" And I was like, "Well, we partnered with them, so I don't, I don't, I don't know what else, what else you want to know." Um, we did it first, right? <laughs> yeah. So we don't have Notre Dame on the schedule, and I really like their pitching coach, Chuck Ristano. He's a great guy. So. Um, I, there was a little bit of a help there connecting the, them. So, you know, hopefully we don't run into them in the NCAA tournament and <laughs> just have this like stable of arms that we're trying to beat. But I, I, I uh, hopefully they right. don't run into us. Yeah, exactly. In the NCAA well, tournament. exactly. So, but you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right. So, and that game is that game's at, uh, as we said, at Greensboro at four o'clock on Tuesday, we've got a ton of, uh, of fans, uh, up in, and alumni up in the, in the triad. So if you get a chance, I know the guys, I'd love to have your support on the road. So maybe you can can slide out of work a little early on Tuesday and head over to the ballpark. Um, may, maybe I'll do that. There you go. That wouldn't suck, would it? It's not a bad drive. A little impromptu. No, easy easy drive up there, up 85. So a little impromptu trip to Greensboro maybe. No, it would be great It would be great to see a strong showing in Greensboro for sure. And um, I think I'd – I think I tweeted out on Saturday after win, but I mean the fan base here this past week, and I think we had almost a thousand every game um, against VCU. I mean the the fan base absolutely helps our guys. I mean our guys hear the fan base at home on the road. So yeah, it would be it would it would be awesome, you know, to go up there to Greensboro and have you know a sea of Niners there backing our guys because it absolutely makes a difference. Very cool. Well, it's about time to. About time to put a lid on this one, Kevin. Yeah, coach has got stuff to do for, for the series this weekend. So, uh, this is great. Love love spending the time with you guys here and just talking Niner baseball. Yeah, it so- it stopped snowing. Um, the 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 UNBC guys are off the grass. <laughs> I think I think we're we're cleared for liftoff here. We're gonna we're gonna put this put this in the can and get this guy get this out to you uh, out to you guys on Friday morning to get you ready for the weekend. Yep. So with that, uh, this has been Nick. I've got Kevin here with me, Coach Woody, and Producer Brad making it all happen. We appreciate you guys tuning in again this week. Uh, what we will do is in about 24 hours, we'll see you 
at the Hayes. Go Niners. Go Niners. <laughs> <laughs>